Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And you know our suffering has a purpose. It's not in vain. And oftentimes our experiences can be used to comfort others. And we've looked at this scripture before, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us, notice, in all of our tribulation, that we may be able, notice, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with we ourselves are comforted by God. I love that. Today on Truth in Christ, Peter says, Those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to Him. Welcome to our study for today. Pastor Rob finalizes 1 Peter chapter 4 by analyzing Peter's explanation of suffering in line with the will of God. Peter makes a distinction between those who suffer in keeping with the will of God and those who suffer otherwise. He then goes on to explain that when we submit our souls to him, we're leaving it in a safe place. God is a faithful creator, and we can give ourselves to him as pliable clay in his hands. Let's join Pastor Rob for today's teaching. While he was there, God spoke to a man named Ananias, who was a believer, and he said, Ananias, I want you to go speak to Saul. And Ananias was very... Negli- you know, not willing at first. Lord, this, this is the guy who's persecuting the Christians. Don't you know that? No, I didn't. Wow, man. Thanks for telling me. i got to go back to my plan room. <laughs> no, God says, the Lord said to him, Go, Ananias, for he, Saul, is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Are you willing to be a fool for Christ? For Christ? Are you willing to be looked down upon? It's certainly not popular. But why is being so popular such a big deal? You know, I remember when I was in grade school, when I was in high school, you wanted to be popular. And the reason you did is because you saw what popularity did. You looked at the, the quarterback of the football team for the high school and the head cheerleader on the cheerleading team. They were always the prom king and queen. Everything was beautiful. And you're like, I just want to be popular like that. You know? Why is it such a big deal to be popular? I want to be popular in God's eyes. Don't you? Don't you want to be known in heaven rather than on earth? Because this earth, this heaven, and, or this heaven and earth, actually, one day is going to pass away. So anything on it is going to pass away. So how important is it for me? I'd rather be known in the world to come 
the new heavens and the new earth that the Lord is going to create. I'd rather be known there, well-known actually, and so will all of you, being in his presence. But are you willing to be insignificant in the eyes of the world? The psalmist would say in Psalm 84, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I'd rather be a porter in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I'd rather do the menial things. The world can have all of their fancy things, and they can do all of their other things, but I want to be known in heaven. I want my name firmly etched in the book of life. Amen? And it's only there because of the blood of Christ, the great grace of God. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Beginning in verse 22, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22. Here, Paul is boasting a little bit, but he's not boasting because he wants to boast. But there are others who are saying that they were something and that they were boasting of their walk. Paul says in verse 22, he says, Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they of the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? And he says, I speak as a fool. So he's basically saying, I'm just having a little bit of fun here. (laughs) I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequent. In deaths, often. Because Paul was stoned to death outside of the city, in one of the cities, and The Lord raised him back up, and he went right back into the city again. Most of us don't have that experience, and that's okay. We live in a very blessed country. And thank God that we have the peace and the the freedom that we do. I don't know if it's going to last forever, folks, though. But while we have it, let's use it, and let's let the Lord light us again. And while we have the time unrestrained, help us to get the message out to those who need to hear it. He says, from the Jews, five times, verse 24, I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep, floating around in the Mediterranean Sea like a, like a bobber uh, out there in the Mediterranean for some nice big shark to come up. And the Lord prepared a great fish. <laughs> Thank God it didn't create one for Paul. He says, in journeys often, in perils, verse 26, of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness, in toil, in sleeplessness often. Mothers, you know sleeplessness. In hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and in nakedness. Besides the other things, which what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. And he goes on and he says, Who is weak, and am I not weak? Who is made to stumble, and do I not burn within, and I, and, and I do not burn with indignation? He says, If I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor under Aretas, the king, was guarding the city of the Damascenes with a garrison desiring to arrest me, but I was let down in a basket. <laughs> I was let down in a basket, threw a window in the wall, and escaped from his hands. Had Paul gone through difficulty? Had he gone through persecution? My Lord, you look at the, the list there, and it's pretty significant. Most of us have never experienced any of those. And praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for that. 
We don't have to go looking for trouble. I don't look for trouble. I'd rather not have any trouble, actually. But it has a way of finding me, especially if I'm walking in with Jesus. Just by walking with him and doing the right thing, you're going you're gonna to face it. It's going to come to you. But don't worry. Because when you do, when you are persecuted, as we've been looking at, for righteousness' sake, blessed are you for the glory of God and the Spirit of God rests upon you. And you know in your heart when you're doing the right thing, there's a, there's a witness in your heart. And you're thinking, Lord, you know, I'd rather be no, no other place than right here with you. You suffered the greatest thing for me. And is it, is it any small thing, any big thing for me to suffer a little bit here and now? And you know our suffering has a purpose. It's not in vain. And oftentimes our experiences can be used to comfort others. And we've looked at this scripture before, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us, notice, in all of our tribulation, that we may be able, notice, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with we ourselves are comforted by God. I love that. Why did you go through cancer? And now God healed you, and now you live. Now you can share it with others. You can share it with him, with them, what he has done in your life. Have you had breast cancer? Have you had a miscarriage? Maybe when you were younger you had an abortion, and now you've come to Christ and you realize what an awful mistake that was. You know that you're forgiven, but now you can tell. You can comfort those young ladies now who are threatening to do that because of their own selfishness. I don't want to have the burden of a child. It's too much. The responsibility is too great. And now you can comfort them. Now you who had the cancer can comfort someone else who just got the report, the pathology report, saying, you know what? You you got stage four. You got stage two. You can comfort others. Sufferings, persecution, all these things, they're not for any they're not for nothing. They work in us a great deal, and we can also use those as springboards to minister to others, right? Isn't that what the body of Christ is to do, to love each other? I'm so thankful for this body. You guys are the most loving people. Seriously, there's some churches where people sit there, and and, and they can just have a, a stoic face, and they listen to the message, they get up, and they've heard nothing. Not because the preacher hasn't preached, or the pastor, because they've closed off their ears. They've closed off their heart. They're just going through the motions. Just going to go through the motions. I put my money in the plate. I've done my duty for the week. Now I can go back and live like however I want to live, and I'll come back next Sunday. Man, that, that, is, that is a real unfortunate thing when people get to that place because God wants to meet us. He wants to change us, and we're all here because we want to be changed. I want to be changed. I do not want to stay the same. I want, I need for God to rip out everything in me that is not of him. And pretty soon, on the 31st, literally something's going to be ripped out of me, and it's going to be taken away. And I hope that's just a little more sin, actually. I'm going to tell a doctor that. You know, if you see any other sin in there, tear it out. (laughs) If you see anything dark and ugly there, brother, just take it out. And give me some more anesthesia, because I don't want to be awake when it happens. But in verse 13 he says, But rejoice to the extent that you, are, that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when he is revealed you may also be glad with exceeding joy. 
This is where our faith and our, and our trust are proven. There's no cliff's notes. There's no way around it. And the truth of the matter is, is that my faith is usually not on display when things are going really well. Sometimes it is. But more often than not, my faith is on display when I'm hit with something unexpected. You know, there's a difference between trials and temptations. We know that there is because the source is the main difference. When we think of persecutions or trials or whatever they are, we know that those come either directly or indirectly by God himself. He allows those to sanctify us, to challenge us, to grow us. But he is not tempted, and he doesn't tempt us. Temptations are from the devil alone. They do not come from God. In James it says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. You remember when we were in the book of James, it was a very similar topic that we were talking about. In fact, James and First Peter are heavy into this idea of persecution. And soon we'll be over this and we can go on to something else because by this time you are all pickled with these kinds of things. But let it get into you. That's the whole idea. Let it get into you and may it challenge us. But in James chapter 1, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. It doesn't mean that you're supposed to be glad because, you know, going through pain. Nobody, that's kind of weird if you, if you delight in being pain. But when we, do, when we go through these things, when we fall into various trials... It's tangible evidence that we are one with Christ in his suffering, and it shows that we are approved. God approves you because when you go through those things and you are persecuted, it's probably because you're doing the right thing. All those who live in Christ will suffer persecution to some extent. And how is it that we profit or gain from trials? He goes on and he says, Knowing that the testing of your faith, it produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And in this verse, one of the benefits of it is it does. It brings patience and endurance. It matures us in, in our faith. It enlarges us. You remember, the uh, uh, first time we were talking about this, I had this idea of a rubber band. Well, after that service, a brother in the Lord gave me this rubber band. Is he here today? It's a big rubber band. It's really big. Catch David. <laughs> but no, this thing is a rubber band. And trials, these things, they, 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 they were like a rubber band. This rubber band was much smaller at one point. But because it was used so much, the elasticity caused it to be stretched and stretched and stretched. Have you ever felt like this? You felt like you're at your breaking point, and you're like, God, if you do another thing in my life, I'm going to die. If you allow another death in the family, if you would not allow something else to happen in my life, if you allow my husband to leave, my wife to leave, my kids to leave, Lord, I, I'm not going to be able to stand it anymore. And you feel like you're just at this, at this level. And you're just like, God, I can't take it. I can't take it. Please help me. And then he, he stretches you. And then the next time, later down the road, you have another trial You've experienced his deliverance. You've experienced his love and his grace. And then something else comes along that stretches you. And now you used to be right here. And now you're right here. And God says, remember when you were back here? And you were screaming and crying? I got you through it. But now you're here. And guess what? I'm going to be with you again. 
and I'm going to stretch you, and your faith is going to enlarge. You are going to be enlarged like you've never been enlarged before. And you're going to learn. You're going to grow. You're going to see what I can do in your life. And we allow ourselves to just be stretched. And we're like, God, I can't. If you had a pulled muscle before, and you, you pull that muscle, and boy, it hurts. And you relax it a little bit. And then for those of you who are involved in physical therapy, you know this all too well. You get a client that has a, a pulled muscle. Maybe it's in their arm, and they can't pull their arm out any further than this. And then you take that arm and you gently pull it. And they're screaming and they're crying and and then you let it go. And then you give them a shot of cortisone. (laughs) And then you stretch it a little bit more and they're in pain. And all of a sudden, before long, they've been stretched. They've been stretched. Now their arm's back to normal. Now they're back swinging the bat. Right? It enlarges us like that rubber band. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when he is, when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. I love this. When his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Think of the joy, folks, of all the things that you've gone through, all the heartache of all of your experience. And for those of you who are older, you've had a lot more heartache. You've had a lot more experience of pain and, and difficulty. But think of the day when you see him face to face, when his glory is revealed. Do you realize in that split second that you see him, all of that stuff is going to act, it's going to be like it never even happened. It's going to just dissolve away, and you're going to be like, wow, are you really that great? And you can be completely satisfied in the presence of Almighty God completely undone in such a wonderful way. In his presence is fullness of joy. That's where he wants you to be. When his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. It's an exceeding joy. Think of that great reward when you see him. And then in verse 14, back in here in 1 Peter 4, he says, If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. You are in great company if these things happen. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. It's a superna- it is supernatural to keep our noses out of people's business because it's very natural to get into their business. But it's supernatural to stay out of their business. I've read this to you before. Actually, I'm not going to read it. (laughs) We're going to move on here. Verse 16, Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this manner. And, And Paul was no, again, no, he was not new to trials and suffering. He said in Romans chapter 1, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And you remember in Acts chapter 5, when the disciples were being beaten for their faithfulness in, in, in serving Christ and witnessing of him. There was a time when they called for the apostles and they, they beat them in Acts chapter 5. And they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus when they let them go. And so they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing, notice, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. I, I, I you know, that... I've never been beaten before for, for the name of Christ. 
I've certainly been uh, looked down upon, had names called me, had scowls. But there's something when we suffer for his name. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those things for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And, and again, the judgment here is speaking of this persecution for the church. And you know, if God was going to allow this for his own people, purchased by his own blood, to go through persecution, what is it going to be like for those who have rejected Christ? And God does not delight in the death of the wicked. We know that. That's what compels us, right, to go and share. Because we don't want to see them go through these things that are coming. So what is the exhortation? Run the race, brothers and sisters. Run the race. Do, not, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run, not with uncertainty, and, and this I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others... I myself should become disqualified. And so there's the exhortation. We have to live soberly to run the race that is before us, regardless of the ramifications of anything, and to rather fear God. Verse 18, he says, If the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? You know, I think about myself being saved by the skin of my teeth, really. The Bible says, By grace you've been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I've been saved by grace, by the skin of my teeth, and if, and if I've just gotten in, <laughs> how much more so? What's going to happen to the ungodly and those who reject Christ? We, we've, we've read those passages in Revelation 20, and they're horrible. We don't need to read them again, but I want to encourage you to be faithful to share the truth with those you love. He said, Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. And that's the design of God for each and every one of us. Lord, do that work in our lives. If we, if we suffer, let's commit our souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. Before we take communion, I just want to read one poem that was written by Annie Johnson Flint, and it's called God Hath Not Promised. It's kind of a funny title to share in a church. God Hath Not Promised. And here it goes. God Hath Not Promised Skies Always Blue, Flower-Strewn Pathways All of Our Lives Through. God Hath Not Promised Sun Without Rain, Joy Without Sorrow, Peace Without Pain. God has not promised we shall not know toil and temptation, trouble and woe. He has not told us we shall not bear many a burden, many a care. God hath not promised smooth roads and wide, swift, easy travel, needing no guide. Never a mountain, rocky and steep, never a river, turbid and deep. But God hath promised strength for the day, rest for the laborer, light for the way, grace for the trials, help from above, unfailing sympathy, and undying love. Our lives were not exempt from difficulties, and, and I think we all know this.
but let the Lord challenge you. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time when Pastor Rob continues our study in 1 Peter. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.